0: The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit TCfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to a pawn further review presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by our pals at Coors Light. And what is that sound we hear? What is that autumn wind a-whispering? It is whispering that your Las Vegas Raiders have won three football games in a row and are now getting ready to take on the Los Angeles Rams Thursday night at SoFi Stadium in an attempt to make it four games in a row, woo! Excited. Life is good. Uh, I mentioned Thursday night football, which is why you're hearing us a day earlier than you typically do. But as you would imagine, the schedule is condensed. Everything is tighter this week. It has been busy. It has been electric. We're essentially trying to figure, you know, cram I don't know four and a half, five days of production into into two and a half that's all right, it's all good. It's a, a lot easier and a lot more fun to do this when you're coming off of a win, and that is exactly what the Raiders did. We will talk about the win in just a few minutes. We have a great conversation coming up with our new pal, Isaiah Polamau. We have many, many things to get to. A celebration is, uh, is for sure underway, but before we do that, you guys know what we gotta do. Time to us to pay a few bills, uh, and we begin with our transactions brought to you by Shift4 Payments. So in just the past couple of days, because as I mentioned, uh, we talked to you not that long ago as we get ready to rock and roll on a short week. But speaking of rock and rolling, Dave Ziegler and the boys have been uh, doing just that, too, in terms of the bottom of the roster. So we got moves to share, and they are the following. Since the last time you and I spoke, the Raiders have made the following moves on December 3rd. They activated cornerback Nate Hobbs from the reserve injured list, placed guard Lester Cotton Sr. on the reserve injured list, and activated defensive tackle Kyle Pico from the practice squad. Two days later, the aforementioned defensive tackle, Mr. Pico, reverted back to the practice squad. And then earlier today, as we record this on a Tuesday, guess who? Kyle Pico signed to the active roster uh, in a corresponding move. The Raiders released defensive tackle Kendall Vickers and signed linebacker Austin Calitro, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly to the practice squad. Uh, We really should have had those transactions brought to you by Kyle Pico. He appeared in every one of them. So shout out to Kyle Pico. And I, I guess really before we dive into our headlines of the week, just a quick note on Nate Hobbs. Man, it was good to see that guy out back out playing football again. Whew. Missed him. Incredible day uh, back at the office for him. Like I said, it's been a hot minute since we, since we saw Nate out there doing his thing. And I think even in just his first game back, we saw a lot of what this Raiders secondary had been missing. You look at Nate, a guy constantly around the football, a guy who really sets the tone physically for a defense, as wild as that sounds for a guy playing defensive back. But we also saw Nate flashing that versatility. We heard that and we've seen that for the first part of the season and really last year as well with Nate, a guy who can do a lot of things, a guy who can really be multiple pieces, and we saw that once again on Sunday for Patrick Graham where he had Nate on the inside, he had Nate on the outside. If uh, if memory serves, I think we we saw Nate coming with pressure once or twice as well. So uh, just a unique playmaker, a guy who can do it all, uh, and a guy who makes any defense that he is on better, and that is a certainly what he did this Sunday for the Las Vegas Raiders as they handled business against the Los Angeles Chargers. And speaking of handling business against the division rival, Los Angeles Chargers, as I said at the top, the Raiders have now won three games in a row. One, two, three games, meaning the Raiders are now five and seven after being two and seven a few weeks ago. And I was talking about this with Jason Fitz during our post-game show the fifth quarter over the weekend. And look, I am not... One of those guys that's going to be like, oh, well, let's start looking at the standings. Let's see what the Raiders have to do. Who are we rooting for? Yada, yada, yada. I think it's a little early to do that. I don't think it's healthy for any of us to live in that world, to go down that road. But I will just say this. It's a lot more interesting now than it was a month ago. And look, whatever happens over this final quarter-ish of the season, whatever happens, happens. And and I also talked to Fitz that, I am a firm believer, and I've said this a million times, and I know, I know I sound like a broken record, but you are what you earn in the NFL. So right now, the Raiders are two games under 500. They are playing dramatically better than they did a month ago. That is undebatable. No question there. This is a team who is playing a impassioned, powerful with purpose brand of football. And I don't think that we should we should ignore that. We should celebrate that. That is something that is is uh, a net positive for not only this year, but the years coming down the road. But the reality is this. Raiders dug themselves a pretty big hole. No secret. Team knows it, you guys know it, I know it. But I will say this. This is it before we move on. We talk a little Chargers Raiders from last week because of what the Raiders have done over the past, I don't know, call it 24 days, this final month of the season, and just I think we're at technically like 33 days until the end of the regular season, but call it a month for the, uh, the sake of round numbers, this last month of the season now is immensely more interesting. Immensely more interesting. And as I said, I'm not ready to start looking at the scoreboards yet. I'm not scoreboard watching. I'm not trying to run tiebreak scenarios or anything like that but it is a credit to every person in that locker room it is a credit to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and their respective staffs that things are a lot more interesting now than they were a month ago uh, but speaking of interesting we talked about the Raiders handling business 27 to 20 over the Los Angeles Chargers over the weekend making it perhaps a little more exciting at the end than it needed to be but what is a AFC West game if not for a little weird a little funky and a little stress inducing but for me and once again, you know, not, not, uh, no breaking news here, but the Raiders leaned on their big dogs on Sunday. Over the past month, we have seen the formula for success for your 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. They have leaned on their pro bowlers. They're all pros. They have leaned on the most talented guys in that locker room. They have leaned, for lack of a better term, on their leaders. And for the past couple of weeks, those leaders have rewarded that, that faith, that commitment, with some absurd numbers. Let's just go through these real quick. Josh Jacobs, again, yes, again, incredible day at the office. Finishes the afternoon with 26 carries, 144 yards, and a touchdown. For those of you keeping track at home, he is still leading the NFL in rushing. Yes, he sure is. And once again, how far away does the Hall of Fame game seem now? A long way away. But Josh was incredible. Devontae Adams, once again, otherworldly, out of his mind. Eight receptions, 177 yards, and not one but two touchdowns. Devontae finds himself at the top quartile of almost every receiving stat in 2022. Both guys who should be going to the Pro Bowl, in my humble opinion. Derek Carr, also another efficient day at the office. 16 of 30, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. But again, doing enough to make the team win. Doing enough to get the Raiders over the finish line. But she's seen the defensive side of the football too. The big dogs on that defense, and I know I talked about Nate Hobbs briefly, and it was nice to see him back. But we've been waiting all year. We've been waiting to see who that compliment to Max Crosby is going to be. And we knew deep in our hearts, I think that you know, if you're an average Raiders fan, you knew deep in your core, that guy is Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones was signed to be that guy. And we finally saw it. We finally saw it on Sunday, and it was beautiful. It was glorious to see those two guys working in tandem. And as I said, man, it was just so much fun to watch. We actually talked to uh, Isaiah about that in just a few minutes here. We'll play that interview about his kind of viewpoint for what Chandler Jones did on Sunday afternoon at, at excuse me, at Elysian Stadium. But I'm looking at his, at his line right here. Chandler Jones finishes Sunday afternoon. And once again, 27-20, win over the Chargers. Six tackles, three sacks, two tackles for loss, five quarterback hits, and a pass defense just for good measure. I mean, that first half in particular was unbelievable from number 55. Simply put, a man possessed. And we see, it, we see those three sacks really should have been four. Really should have been four sacks in the first half for Chandler Jones. And I'll just kind of put this into perspective where during the course of the game, you know, really that first half, as I said, there were a couple ch- times where I looked over to, uh, to our social media folks and I said, all right, guys, like we are now approaching kind of like historic pace type stuff for Chandler Jones. So just keep that in mind as, as we're kind of going through the game. Because all of a sudden, you're three sacks in the first half, and you're thinking, okay, this doesn't seem that far off from the Khalil Mack five-sack game in, what was it, 20... I want to say 2018. I don't know if that's right. But in that era... And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, like, we really are on pace to maybe see something like that. Chandler Jones obviously ends the game with just three, wah, wah. But an incredible day, and, and really... I think for me, it was really refreshing to see what that defensive line, what that defense in general can be when it is firing. And and look, I've done it. We have all done it. We have talked about some of the shortcomings of this defense in 2022. And when the Raiders were 2-7, and it was pretty easy to do that, right? If your name wasn't Max Crosby, you kind of had a question mark of, is this guy... What is he doing? How are we getting from A to Z? But really over the past couple weeks, and and I think Sunday in particular for the defense, was probably the best collective effort we've seen from that group. Now certainly it helps when Chandler Jones is going beast mode playing out of his mind. He's letting Max Crosby kind of do his thing as well, work on the opposite edge. You know, you get one of your your best defensive backs, if not the best defensive back, on your roster. But... We saw what it can be. We saw a complete effort from those guys. And, and really, we saw complimentary football across the board. Offense chipped in. Like I said, Josh, Devontae, D.C., Feaston. The defense doing their thing. Chandler Jones putting himself up for every major defensive award of the week. And the special teams, guys. The specialists doing their things as well. A.J. Cole, some really clutch punts. Daniel Carlson putting points on the board. Another 50-plus if memory serves, doing his thing. Complementary football. That's what it's about. For any team in the NFL, it is about complementary football, and the Raiders saw that. We saw that, I should say, from the Raiders on Sunday, and it's a big reason why they won that game at home, and it's a big reason that they are now officially on a three-game winning streak with a chance to make it four in just a few days. And so we look ahead to the short week now, And as I said, everything is condensed. Everything is weird. I feel like I've asked nine different people today. Okay, so today's Tuesday, but it's a Wednesday schedule. But actually, really, so tomorrow's Wednesday, but is that a Friday? Like, look, everyone's out of sorts. We heard from Coach McDaniels earlier this week that no practices for the guys, strictly walkthroughs, multiple walkthroughs, and a lot of time in in the books, a lot of time learning, and then a lot of time just recovering, getting your body as close to 100% as it can be for Thursday night. Because make no mistake about it, your body is not going to be 100% Thursday night. There is not going to be one person that lines up for the Raiders or the Rams that says, yep, good to go, did everything we needed to do between Sunday and Thursday, let's rock, 110%, here we go. Now, you're going to get 110% effort from every guy on that football field, regardless of what jersey they're wearing, I promise you that. But just in terms of getting your body back and and kind of going through the rigors of an NFL season on a short week, it's damn near impossible to get to 100%. But we look ahead to the Rams now, and a Rams team that is confusing, I think to say the least, you look at your Super Bowl champs from 11 months ago, and they have lost six games in a row. Earlier reports came out, I mean, literally like an hour or two ago. They have claimed Baker Mayfield via waivers. So Baker is going to now be a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Seems highly unlikely, in my humble opinion, that we see Baker in 48 hours' time. But you never know. You have no idea. Matthew Stafford dealing with his fair share of injuries, the backup quarterback situation in L.A., murky, confusing at best. So like I said, the Rams are a confusing team, but this is, this is one thing that I encourage all of you to remember. Thursday night, very similar to AFC West games, very similar to division games, are weird. Short week, limited time to get your body back, condensed preparation. It's like cramming for a test, right? Like I've been very honest. I don't think I was the best student in college, but a lot of that is because I simply would wait until the last minute to do homework, to get ready for tests, midterms, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes you just got to have a good old-fashioned cram sesh, and that is exactly what the Raiders and Rams are doing as we speak, trying to learn as much as humanly possible about one another as they get ready to kick off the week of NFL football on Thursday night. And look, I know the Rams have lost six in a row, haven't won a game since they came out of their bye. Talented group, though. Played the Seahawks really, really tough over the weekend. Obviously didn't do enough to come away with a win, but played that group really, really tough. And I don't know a lot of things for certain. I don't. I'm, I'm, self, uh, I'm self-aware enough to understand that there's not a lot of things I know concretely in this confusing world of ours. But one thing I do know, you cannot overlook any opponent ever Especially when you're going to their house, you're getting on a plane, the Raiders are going to fly out of here tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday, and head on down for that short trip to Los Angeles. You can't overlook anyone. And I guarantee you, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Derek Carr, Josh, Max, there is not going to be any looking past the Rams. None. That's a good football team. And similar to the Raiders, a football team that probably feels like they deserve a few more Ws this season than they have currently under the, uh, under the win column, but a good game, an exciting game, something to look forward to this Thursday night. And in terms of things to look forward to, Thursday nights are weird, like I said. Everything's condensed, but the benefit of that is that on the back end, you essentially have a mini-bye. So the Raiders will play Thursday night, they'll be back here, they'll, they'll rest their heads in Las Vegas Thursday evening, probably have some, some rehab and things of that nature on Friday. But they're not going to play on Sunday. So they're going to go about 10 days between football games. And in the course of the marathon of, of an NFL season, having those extra couple days, man, that can make all the, uh, all the difference in the world for some of these guys trying to get their body backs. But there is business to handle on Thursday before we even look ahead to the weekend. And one guy who's going to be looking to handle business this upcoming Thursday, a guy who's really handled business since he arrived in Las Vegas, from the other desert, Phoenix area native, is Isaiah Polamau. And Isaiah tallied his first career sack on Sunday afternoon against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. A guy who has been a really versatile piece for what the Raiders can do defensively. A guy who it feels like he is on the ascent. A guy who is very generous with his time today, and we were very excited to hang out and chat with him. And I think you guys are going to enjoy that conversation as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Isaiah Polamau. Thank you, Isaiah, first off, for giving me the pronunciation before we started rolling. I was joking. It seems like one of those last names where people try to make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Just sound it out. It's, what, seven letters? Yes, Not too sir.
1: crazy. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Pull them out.
0: There you go. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds a little bit better when you say it than when I do. Uh, but look, like going back to kind of the start of the season, man, I mean, kind of a, a whirlwind, I would imagine, seven, eight months for you, you know, coming into training camp, uh, ultimately making the 53. But that first game action for you, uh, I know primarily on special teams that day. But when you go back to, like, that moment, I have to imagine that, that was probably like the culmination of a lot of hard work, but also like, all right, this is just the beginning of where we got to get to next, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, after the game, actually, I was just thinking to myself, like, I can't get too, you know, too uh, big-headed on it. You know, yes, I did good, but like you said, it was just the beginning. You know, uh, I couldn't just get comfortable. That was the word I was telling myself. I can't get comfortable. You know, I got to keep going, keep grinding.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, you look at you look at kind of your story in particular. And one thing that that I really love about here, about being at the Raiders in particular, is like you look at, at this organization's history, and they have such a rich tradition of UDFAs coming in, contributing. I mean, you look at guys that, that have been here throughout the years. Jalen Richard, undrafted guy, a tryout guy who had a really, really nice pro career. Marcel Rees, the big man upstairs, fantastic careers as a UDFA. And every single year, man, it seems like there's a few of you guys that really kind of stick on, put your best foot forward, and end up on the 53. And this year there were four of you, four of you guys that did it. Yes, sir. I mean, it's got to be exciting just to, just to kind of see – the group of you guys together because kind of within the the rookie class like I imagine you guys are have a special little bond too
1: yeah absolutely and I think it's it just comes down to us believing in each other you know we talk to each other every day just telling each other man don't get comfortable you know we we're not supposed to be here you know we're blessed to be here and you know sometimes when I walk out to the practice field and I'm you know just going through the motions I just look at the mountains behind us on the practice field and just realize where I'm at and how blessed I am to be here.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it goes for every guy on the roster, right? I think having those kind of moments of of clarity and, and you know, understanding like, hey, this is like a pretty cool deal that we're doing. You gotta, I, I got to remind myself of that sometimes too. But I, I want to go back to Sunday. Big day for the team, first and foremost. Third win in a row, momentum rocking in the right direction, which is really exciting. But for you personally, first career sack, you take down Justin Herbert. Kind of just take me through through that play, what you saw, and, and ultimately how it, it ended up going down for you.
1: You know, it was all part of the game plan, but as soon as uh, the the ball snapped, I just ran. And, you know, the tackle kind of gave me a little pressure. And, you know, I fought back and then 30 stepped up. And, you know, it was all about just, running through him and getting to the quarterback. So that's what I went to and went to the power and ended up falling right into it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it, it certainly helps when you have Chandler and Max and guys on the defensive line flying around uh, as much as they are. Like, when you kind of looked at defensively, like overall, schematically, how much easier does it make life for you guys on the back end when the big big fellows up front are doing their job?
1: Oh, it's a world of difference. You know, we only have to cover for a couple seconds, and after that, you know, he's run, they're running for their lives. So... As long as we can do that and do our jobs, we'll have a great time.
0: And I was thinking back to I was going back and I watched the sack a few times when we found out you were coming up today. And I think the biggest thing for me is, no pun intended, Herbert's a big dude, bro. Like, he is. He seems like he's one of those guys that is really hard to get to the ground when you have the opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, you know, he's like a modern-day Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's huge. He's really all of 6'5", six, 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 and, you know, he's a strong guy at that. So, you know you kind of just got to run through him at that point. It's not really, you can't just
0: try to lay on him. You got to really give it all. Is is that something that you guys on the defensive side of the football have to be cognizant of going into a game? Be like, yeah, I mean, their quarterback, is he can do this, he's mobile, he's strong. But, like, when you get it, your chance to bring him to the ground, like, you have to bring him to the ground. He's not a five ten, five eleven, a buck 90 kind of guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we talk about every week, you know. You got to understand who you're going up against. It's not about just the scheme or the schematics or, or you know all that the X's and O's. It's about the people.
0: You know, you look at. I know we talked about about Chandler and Max, but I'm I'm curious from your perspective on Sunday. I mean, that first half for Chandler in particular. I mean, the guy was possessed right a man who literally like oh my god like no one can say in front of him everything seemed to be working for him should have really had four sacks yeah. as crazy as that sounds but i mean what did that just look like from your perspective that back there watching 55 go to work oh it made everything so much easier you
1: know when he we just un- unleash him and you know let him do his thing it's we're just back there and kind of waiting for a play, you know, kind of sometimes you get bored back there. Like, oh, man, am I going to get some action? Like, <laughs> you know, him and Max both are, are unstoppable beasts. Like, they're ridiculous, and I love playing with them.
0: What's the most in the zone you've ever seen a teammate? I mean, we talked about Chandler's first half. It seemed like there was nothing that Chandler was doing that that wasn't working. Like, whether it's this year or college, like, what's the most, like, oh, this guy's just fully in the zone rocking? You know,
1: it, it's – when you when you say that, it's really hard not to think about Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's an everyday thing with this guy, though. Like, even in the walkthrough, he's taped up, cleats on, gloves on. You know, he's ready to go, ready for battle right now. So, I mean, I, I think that's one guy that stands out above everybody.
0: It's really funny you say that because we talked to Max after one of the preseason games, and I was giving him a hard time. I said, dude... Everyone in this building knew you were not going to play today, but you got the paint on, yeah, his yeah. ankles are taped, he's got the gloves on and the sleeve. I was like, dude, I mean, a fantastic acting effort by you, but I think that just goes to show, like, he's the kind of guy, he talks about his routine and his process, and yeah. it's got to be the same every single day, whether it's a practice, a walkthrough, or, or going out there on Sunday. Exactly. You know, he never takes a day off.
1: Everything is about routine with that guy, and that's someone that I kind of look up to for that.
0: How much of a routine or, of, like, finding that routine is... is important for a guy in your position a rookie a guy who's still you know in many senses still trying to figure out life in the nfl like how valuable has it been to kind of find that routine and, and kind of find fine tune it along the way too you know that's everything especially for a young guy rookie like myself you know just kind of find
1: what works for me you know do i have to stretch before i go to sleep like some guys or you know do i have to wake up super early and get a breakfast in me like all of that counts into you know taking care of your body and and making sure that you're able to perform to the best of your ability on
0: Sunday. How much, is, how much different is your routine this year than it was, say, a year ago as a college kid? Or is it, is it still relatively similar?
1: No, it's definitely different. I would say it's completely different, honestly. You know, I, I've taken everything a lot more seriously now um, You know, because this is my job. You know, I get paid for this, so this is something that I've put more of a focus on of just taking care of my body, getting better sleep eating the right things, you know, getting the rehab and the prehab and just being ready.
0: You know, and you you talk about, you know, being ready and making the most of your opportunities and, and, you know, We talked about the UDFAs coming in, and like you said, we're not supposed to be here. The the guys that come in are are kind of not viewed as guys that can make the roster, but we see it, like we said, every year that do. And so going through that journey, understanding like, hey, we're kind of fighting the uphill battle. How important was it for you to have a friendly face here uh, in your great uncle? I know you guys are on different sides of the ball, but just to have someone, you know, walk into the meal room or someone, you know, on your way and you're like, hey, you know, how's it going And have someone to check in with? Yeah,
1: not only uh, a friendly face, but, you know, family. You know, that's big for me. I come from a family first, uh, fa- uh, family oriented, you know, bring bring up. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know? Com-
0: yeah. 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 Uh, you know? Like you were raised that way. Yeah. yeah that's just how upbringing, I was, upbringing. That's yeah, where you're trying to get to. It took two of us, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: upbringing. So, you know, seeing him and him just being on um, uh, behind me and just in my ear, telling me everything that I have to do to, you know, make sure that I stay here. You know, it's been nothing but help.
0: You know, Isaiah, before we get you out of here, uh, just curious. We're talking to you on today's Tuesday, right? But a funky week because we play on Thursday. Uh, obviously, your first time going through a Thursday night football game, but just how different is this week in terms of preparation and all the stuff you got to do to your body to get ready to go to play on a Thursday night instead of a Sunday?
1: Oh, it's a lot different, honestly. You know, it's especially this being my first time, you know, it's it's really different. You know, everything's happening right now. Everything's much faster. You know, we have to go through game plan. Twice, even two times faster, you know. So uh, a lot of it is just putting more preparation on myself and making sure that I'm ready to help my team.
0: You know, and, and Coach was saying yesterday when he talked to the media, he said, you know, no practice this week, strictly walkthroughs, and he's going to, because it's going to be a lot of intensive, like kind of mental work. I know that we still have, you know, 48 hours before game day, but is that kind of how your, imper- your interpretation of it, of it has been so far?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, after this morning, uh, the last game is already, it's behind us. You know, we're on to the next game. So, you know, we talk a lot about strain, and that's not just physically. It's it's mentally as well.
0: 100%. Well, hey, man, whatever you guys have been doing as of late is working. The Raiders have won three in a row trying to make it four this upcoming Thursday night in primetime, man. And there's always something a little special about primetime, too, isn't there? Yep, that's where the stars show up. Exactly. 100%. We're hoping we see you show up on Thursday night. Good luck to you the rest of the way. Stay safe on, on Thursday. We'll catch up to you soon. All right, man? Yes, sir. Thank you. And a big thank you to Isaiah for stopping by. Uh, Great guy, man. Good talker. And I got to, before we move on, I got to give some love to our our PR man, Cam. So when we were earlier this week going through our our list of requests and and trying to figure out who was going to go where, Cam suggested that we bring Isaiah up. And I was like, oh, okay, man. And and candidly, not not someone that I I had thought of really to, to bring up. But Cam did a great sell job, brought up the sack. Say, hey he's, he's a really good engaging speaker you're gonna have a nice chat and i said all right cam i'm a i'm a trusty big fella if this works out i'm gonna give you a little bit of love and say hey shout out to my guy cam because he came through in the clutch and i never doubted you my friend not for one second my guy cam doing what he's got to do slanging that pr that PR talk he was good cam Cracking this one to you, my friend. Uh, But before we actually crack some official Ice Cold Bruchachos and get out of here, we play our our favorite little segment within the segment, our favorite game, if you will. The Raiders will win if. And to me, when I look at this game, and and really my Raiders will win if for this week is kind of a culmination of the past couple weeks. And I say this. Thursday night, primetime, Amazon, log in, hang out with us. We'll all be there. When I look at this game, to me, this is a simple one. Not simple, but straightforward. Short weeks are weird. They're funky. Lots of bizarre things happen on Thursday night. So, if the Raiders want to handle business in Los Angeles and the city of Angels, it's a simple one for me. The Raiders will win if the offensive line keeps doing what they're doing and trending in the right direction. We look at the game on Sunday. And Coach McDaniels talked about it in the immediate aftermath of the game. He shouted at the big boys up front. He goes, look, we had no sacks allowed today and no negative runs. And in a game that oftentimes on Thursday nights, you see, I don't, I don't want to say games that are like kind of slowed down, that are kind of slogged, slogfests or whatever the, the proper term is. You see, I, I want to say a more straightforward brand of football, which to be candid, I think plays right into the hand Of the silver and black. Because we've talked about this formula time and time again. And what is that formula? It's get Josh going. Let him work. Dude is playing at an elite level right now. Give him the rock. And as great as Josh has been, as dynamic, as explosive, as fantastic as he has played in 2022, he can't do it alone. And the big fellas up front, that offensive line, from Colton Miller on the left to Jermaine Illuminar on the right, anchored in the middle. By Andre James. They have been playing really well. And they, in my opinion, have gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. And I don't think that's a surprise. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Because the offensive line, more than any other group on the football field, is a collective unit. It is five guys tasked to move as one. It is five behemoth human beings who've got to figure out to dance and tango and waltz together in lockstep. And it's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. So I think the fact that we are seeing this natural progression from those guys, that it has looked better week after week after week, that we're seeing that incremental improvement. I said it earlier. I said I think that's encouraging not only for this year, for this final 30-some-odd days of the regular season. That's an encouraging sign for next year and the long-term future of this program. So, for me, the Raiders are going to win on Sunday if the offensive line just stays within itself. If they do what we have seen them do for the past couple weeks they limit penalties, they give Josh room to operate, they give Derek Carr time to, to do his thing in the pocket, they give him enough time to let Devontae get that separation. So, we hopefully get a few more of those beautiful 40 yard plus dimes from number four to number 17. And I'm optimistic. I am. I'm excited about Thursday night. I think it's going to be an incredible football game, an exciting football game. And as I said, make sure you're locked in with us. But that's that's, it where it com- that's what it comes down to for me. Can the big boys do their thing? And as I said, we're going to have to wait and find out. But as I said, last one before we get out of here, before we hit the dusty trail, we have got to crack an ice-cold chacho, crack an ice-cold frosty boy. And this week, this, this is one that makes me happy. We're cracking an ice cold Coors Light for friend of the program, AJ Cole. Your Las Vegas Raiders 2022 Walter Payton NFL man of the year nominee. Uh, and, you know, we see you know, across the NFL, uh, each of the teams have released their nominee earlier this week. And a very, very cool deal from top to bottom. 32 guys who are, are spotlighted for their work off the field. It doesn't matter what position you play. It doesn't matter if you score touchdowns, prevent touchdowns, or in A.J.'s case, you know, help put three points on the board and pin guys deep in in your own end zone, or excuse me, near their own end zone. It's all about what you do that's not football-related. It's about taking the human approach to things. It's about understanding that, hey, yeah, Sundays are really important. Sundays are really fun. But there are things that are a lot more important than winning football games. And I think A.J. is the perfect embodiment of that. Uh, He's the imperfect embodiment uh, of what everyone, I think, should aspire to be in terms of giving back, in terms of service, in terms of understanding a calling that's a little more important than just yourself. So A.J. Cole, for your continued excellence on and off the field, you are the Raiders 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year nominee. And this cold one, my friend, is for you. And on that note, we are out of here. Friendly reminder, programming note: uh, fifth quarter in its, I, I say, usual spot. We rarely do this on the Thursday, but our usual post-game spot I should say so hang out with us late night Eddie and Fitz in the fifth quarter after dark coming at you uh Thursday evening after Raiders Rams and then yeah we will hopefully enjoy a nice calm relaxing weekend before we buckle in for the last few games of 2022 so before we see, uh, before we get until Thursday, I should say, for Eddie Pascal, our guest this week, Isaiah Polamau, uh, Ray, and Al, who have done a fantastic job all season, but in today in particular, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. Friendly reminder about the fifth quarter, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we will see you guys next week, back on Thursday, no weird week next week, so we'll see you guys back next Thursday for our usual episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever.